giant. Uh, so I just start to record. Recording in progress. Hey, good, uh, good evening. Uh, my name is Emilio Morrow, and I'm chair of the Master Plan Implementation Committee. And this is our November 17, 2022 uh, Master Plan Implementation Committee meeting. Um, we are joined by members uh, Joe Emrine, Lisa Lopez, Alan Rappaport, and myself. And our guests are Julie Beckham, uh, vice chair of the Canton Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee, and uh, Tom Birmingham. Um, and as well as Jean Manning, our interim town planner. Uh, so our first item uh, for the agenda tonight is the uh, master plan, um, is th our discussion regarding shared priorities with diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, so let me just share the screen. And... Um, so um, just as a brief um, description of regarding what the master plan is, uh, the master plan is uh, a long range vision that was developed um, in mostly 2018 and 19. It was approved, the, the process was approved in 2017 at town meeting um, to develop a long range vision that would replace the 2004 master plan and it would um, be designed as a roadmap essentially for the next 15 years through 2035 uh, to help uh, the town um, reach a number of goals that were identified uh, by a wide range of stakeholders, including um, residents and businesses and, and organizations and various departments of town government and committees. Uh, it was adopted in April of 2020 by the planning board and um, once that was completed, the Master Plan Implementation Committee uh, was created, and it was designed to be a cross-section of a, a wide number of different uh, town committees and boards uh, to uh, represent a different aspects of town government, as well as a citizen at large, um, under the guidance of the town planner. And uh, the idea was that uh, we would work to implement the various items identified uh, through the town master plan and um, also act as a forum uh, as the committee itself rep had representatives from a wide range of committees um, on it. The master plan itself consists of, of three main books. Uh, one is uh, the baseline, uh, which is existing conditions from the time that the, the master plan was written. Um, the second roadmap is a the, the findings of the, our consultants, Horsley Witten. And the, the third book is the action plan, which is uh, identifies action items we can do to reach the goals that were pointed out in the uh, roadmap. There's also some appendices as well. And it's, a, it's essentially a living document and it, uh, to some degree where obviously it's create, it's, um, has goals and principles, but how we exactly get to those goals and principles will often be um, part of the issue of implementation. And um, for instance, the diversity, equity and inclusion committee did not exist when um, the master plan was created. Um, so one of the, the opportunities that uh, we've been trying to um, fulfill is to try to bring in 
new, new committees as they're formed to also include them in, in um, the master plan process and hopefully also um, gain some insight from, from their unique points of view on things uh, that may have not been fully um, identified even in the master plan as uh, you know, different committees that are formed may have different missions and things that existed before. Um, one of the items that we, one of the documents we've created um, is the strategic framework um, from 2020 to 2025, which highlights um, action items that we can um, implement in order to move toward various goals in different sections of the master plan. Um, this particular framework is for the, the first five years, or I would think the early um, period. So many of the timeframes are relatively short term, but some of them are ongoing. Uh, they cover a wide range of items such as uh, housing and neighborhoods, um, public health and social well-being. And this is available on the uh, town website. The whole master plan is for um, anyone who wants to see it in more detail. Um, the town services um, as well. Uh, economic issues, uh, business issues regarding work. Uh, play, which is essentially recreation um, and uh, other types of leisure activity and conservation, some of it being conservation as well. Um, connect, which is transportation, uh, neighborhood connections, townwide connections, and uh, regional connections, which is coming up there. Um, protect, which involves protecting historic resources, arts and culture, and protecting the environment. And um, then adapt, which involves energy conservation and generation, adapting to natural hazards and climate change. And then there are three focus areas uh, where many of these items kind of align and many items could in fact probably be implemented in those areas. Canton Junction, uh, downtown, and Route 138. Uh, so of course, many of these items have elements of diversity, equity, and inclusion naturally built into them because many of them uh, are, uh, are places where not having equity or um, inclusion can result in some people um, not having equal opportunity or equal access to things. Um, so as the, the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee was not, it, it did not exist when the master plan was created, there were no cases of it actually being identified as a responsible party as it didn't exist. So um, I looked through the strategic framework and tried to find some suggested shared priorities, and certainly this will be something that we can certainly um, discuss as well, but just as a starting point for our discussion this evening. Um, so in, in live uh, section, housing and neighborhood section, Canton will have homes for residents at all stages of life um, with diverse incomes. And obviously um, housing is a major aspect of um, diversity and um, equity and inclusion and having 
um, a, a, a wide range of stock allows many people to find the type of home that can fit their specific income needs. And, um, and that leads to making sure that we have uh, our inventory of deed restricted affordable housing. Um, and as a point, I don't think that uh, necessarily diversity equity inclusion needs to um, solve any of these specific issues, but their unique views and positions can help raise awareness of how these things can be implemented with more voice from more different people than perhaps might otherwise um, be um, the case. And I think, uh, you know, certainly working with some of the other responsible parties designated too, if, if possible. Um, monitor the progress of the town's housing action plan, uh, support the maintenance and possible expansion of existing housing authority properties, support the affordable housing trust, which um, recently um, came into existence about a, a year or two ago. Um, expand housing choice throughout community, throughout the community, um, in, introduce the concept of missing middle housing to the community um, and uh, support bylaw changes that reduce impediments to uh, multifamily housing models, all of which can help with uh, different types of diverse housing in Canton. Um, then we have the public health and social well-being section. Um, where, um, of course, there are many items, I think, of, of, of importance to diversity. Um, Canton will, the guiding principle of that section is Canton will recognize the challenges of its most vulnerable community members and rise to meet their needs. Canton will strive to ensure physical and economic access for all residents to make uh, healthy choices and enhance quality of life for all. And um, that's a case where I think um, the actual DEI is a is an opportunity is a committee that does help specifically um, with that principle of making sure that there are um, a lot of uh, ability to connect with uh, various vulnerable groups in town um, and supporting those vulnerable residents in the community help conduct community needs assessments to identify gaps in health and social services for current and future residents, particularly older residents and low-income families and individuals. Um, help educate local decision makers on the impacts of their decisions on public health and social well-being of Canton residents. Um, you know, it often is the case that people that um, need a, the, the, are the most vulnerable have the least connection to be able to communicate some of their needs uh, with government and with and so I think you know one of the, the benefits of, of having committees like DEI is to um, have that bridge that can make sure that those type of viewpoints can be expressed to people who um, are making decisions without kind of the um, kind of partial info where you know, obviously a lot of, uh, of these things, um, decision makers base decisions on info they have and if certain groups aren't represented then sometimes unintentionally, uh, those groups uh, don't uh, get heard, um, whether it be health or other things. Uh, promoting a health and equity lens into the local decision-making, health impacts of proposed projects, improving communication and coordination across health and social services in town, provide input to assist the regular youth risk assessments at the middle school and high school levels, 
um, again, uh, youth being a place where uh, there is the, there are those assessments, and I think you know, kind of taking a view from various levels of cultural diversity, um, and um, make sure that various uh, the the prism, you know, the spectrum, and the lens of what is looked at in those assessments um, can also be reflected on the cultural diversity of residents of Canton and and different at risk. Uh, things so perhaps diversity, equity, and inclusion can add some um, to that. Uh, help develop town policies that support all ages and promote accessibility. These include diversifying housing types and designs that are more accessible and affordable, improving walking and biking connections, addressing ADA concerns at town owned and managed facilities, and building opportunities for intergenerational events. Uh, suggest uh, opportunities to add space to the senior center to accommodate uh, needs and expanding roles in the community for its expanding role in the community both for the town's growing aging population but also serving other vulnerable residents um, i think actually the recent uh, name change of the council on aging to elder and human uh, services i think it is um, better reflects its broader mission that um, a lot of people maybe didn't recognize when it was had a more um, limited name, um, but it's a great resource. Um, evaluate transportation needs for seniors and consider options to expand services offered by the senior center with other townwide transit needs, such as residents with disabilities, students and others, including the evaluation of transportation needs to the Canton Food Pantry. Uh, promote the traditional neighborhood designs. That's uh, uh, a term for walkable, kind of old-fashioned looking communities that are uh, more walkable uh, to say short and transit-oriented development is um, a model for having residences that connect to transit modes. Um, at appropriate scales for new and infill development, encourage a mix of uses, housing types, public spaces, and walking and biking connections. The neighborhood neighboring developments that build kind of a sense of community and kind of bring people together. Uh, promote active living in the community, develop a comprehensive assessment for recreational needs with a focus on vulnerable populations in areas that lack in, in Canton. And, and one thing that's often the case is, is with um, either lower income or, or other um, hurdles, it's difficult sometimes for people to stay active, and that can lead to health problems and, and feeling uh, out of the community a bit. And so I think that, uh, you know, looking in places in town where there's um, not a lot of recreational facilities and or try to trying to figure out how to increase access to the recreational facilities we have for people that may have either mobility or transportation limitations, or maybe in diverse, make the recreational events a little more diverse or things like that may, may help build some further community. Uh, town services, uh, we have the guiding principle of that is Canton will continue to deliver high quality services through efficient, transparent, and open government where all residents can participate in local decision-making. Canton will promote meaningful civic engagement and participation in local decision-making by all residents, uh, create a culture of civic participation um, and um, you know, this is a case where definitely the more voices that are heard in um, by the town, the better the services can can become. 
because it's like I was mentioning earlier, there's more complete information regarding what various people in town um, need or are looking for or hoping to, to have in town services. Um, so supporting the training of town staff and meeting facilitation and public engagement techniques to ensure effective communication um, before, during, and after public meetings, workshops, and other town-sponsored events, um, developing outreach strategies to increase participation in town boards and committees to fill vacancies. And I think, you know, again, that's a place where um, having more diversity and um, can make the boards and committees more inclusive and, um, and encourage more voices and different perspectives to be heard um, that might otherwise not be. Um, understand reasons for low and moderate participation in public meetings, workshops, and other town-sponsored events kind of on the same uh, principle. Um, then work guiding principles can foster equitable economic prosperity and stability by retaining and expanding businesses of all sizes in collaboration with the business community. Again, um, uh, you know, economic disadvantage is a major barrier to uh, many things. Um, and so by having a more robust, continuing to build a robust economic environment in Canton in itself, I think, promotes uh, more opportunities um, that could be beneficial to a wide range of people in the community of different incomes and different backgrounds. Um, play the guiding principle, Canton will offer community spaces and programs that enable program people of all ages to be active and socialize. Uh, again, bringing the community together, uh, increase access to park and open spaces, help improve, maintain accessibility of conservation and recreation areas, um, build awareness of local resources, uh, work with the health department and cross departmental teams to encourage healthy activities for adults, youth, and children at the town's open space and recreation areas, and you know, to make sure that those opportunities are open to everyone. Um, connect, you know, similar to economics, kind of one of those things that um, creates a hidden inequality, I would say, where, you know, if people don't have the ability to um, have connections to where they're going, transportation, things like that, it can definitely limit uh, a person's opportunities, whether economically, physically, uh, their ability to access services or businesses or recreation. And so some of these items of addressing walking, biking, safety, promoting complete streets, support safe routes to school program, improve accessibility for all ages and abilities, expand public and private local transit options, expand transit options to employment areas, expand the town's uh, involvement uh, to identify options for local transportation within Canton and between neighboring towns to reduce gaps in service, encourage amendments to zoning, that include developer incentives to build connections to transit, whether that's walking, biking paths, uh, like the Paul River Heritage Site, bike sharing, shuttle services, or help promote improved multimodal conditions where appropriate. And again, this is probably a case of where maybe diversity, equity, and inclusion might, if they notice a gap um, or someone uh, or some group that needs certain assistance could bring that to responsible parties to help guide these policies in their advancement. Um, historic resources, um, you know, being able to um, talk about um, history um, can help 
make people more aware of different cultures, different um, contributions by different groups and different people in our society. Um, so increasing public awareness of some of these things, partner with the other parties to build, pub to pu build public knowledge of local historical figures and events, promote the use of diverse media, including lectures, visual or performing arts and social media to provide a range of educational opportunities for residents. You know, like I was saying, this would you know potentially foster a wide range of cultural exchange and mutual understanding um, with the with, with some input. Uh, encourage the schools to weave local history into the curriculum to the degree possible. Um, arts and culture, um, again, a great opportunity for people to come together and casually share um, culture and gain respect for each other through it. Um, in arts, uh, encourage support for programming and capacity in Canton's art community, identify funding opportunities that support uh, placemaking programs and uh, initiatives. There might include, this might include like signage, public art installations, promotional materials, or special events. Um, environmental stewardship, support residents and businesses who want to organize their own projects and have environmental community benefits. Um, you know, and there's a, there's a concept of environmental justice where generally uh, people that live in disadvantaged, low-income areas have a tendency to be more exposed to um, environmental uh, issues, whether that be pollution or flooding or things like that. And so certainly as we try to build a, a greener community, having the voice of, of a diverse group of people um, in town, being able to be at the table will definitely help prevent um, some of the some potential environmental injustice that could develop or exist. Um, and then a similar thing, natural hazards and climate change, um, building resi resiliency, maintaining the network of stakeholders that participate in the municipal vulnerability preparedness process. There, there was a process that um, occurred when we created our program, um, but uh, promoting you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion into the way that those items are, um, potential future projects or grants being sought are addressed um, could again help with environmental justice and help some vulnerable communities um, protect themselves better from natural hazards and climate change. Uh, educate the community, um, raising basically raising awareness about um, oops, sorry, natural hazards and climate change impacts and identify measures individuals can do to prepare and prevent um, climate change. Um, and in the case of preparedness too, making sure that that information is um, is uh, well distributed and and uh, people know where they can you know seek help if they need it in an in an actual natural hazard, which sometimes the cost of information can be harder for people that are more disadvantaged. Um, so and to continue that and implement the uh, public outreach strategies of the town's hazard mitigation plan, um, which is down the same line to increase public awareness to, of natural hazards and steps to reduce personal risk and impacts from these events. And then the focus areas where there's a lot of overlapping things from the other um, sections of the master plan, uh, I would say just monitor these three focus areas to see how development of those areas 
where many of those objectives align can fit into promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion goals as they go. So while this does seem like a lot of very broad, different things um, and many things, I think it's really kind of the takeaway would be that diversity, equity, and inclusion committee could, when they see or have ideas about these, any of these things, work to kind of guide um, the town in directions that help to promote diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, while you know being a a, a, a presence at those tables when those discussions or decisions are made. So um, with that, um, I'm going to turn uh, the meeting over to uh, CDEI Vice Chair Julie Beckham uh, for any thoughts she may have on that or any anything she'd like to share with us. This was so informative. Thank you, Emilio. And, you know, everyone wants a seat at the table. So we appreciate um, on behalf of CDEI uh, an invitation to this meeting and, you know, to see this plan and the, the prospect of being invited um, when needed to weigh in, um, give an opinion. Um, like I said, I mean, just my voice here tonight really isn't enough. But when you take my voice representing a committee that is diverse and has been meeting for the last two and a half years and is learning, um, then that that is a, that's a great step. So um, it's a it's a wonderful opportunity to have a representative, and whether that's um, you know a standing person who you know we you occasionally turn to, whether it's you know our chair Cynthia or vice chair, or maybe it's a, a set committee member that is reporting back uh, to us and with any reports that you have, um, whatever that decision is, we welcome it and appreciate it. And um, thank you for recognizing that this wasn't a committee that was originally formed when you were starting this plan and then incorporating us into this process. I appreciate that and on behalf of the entire committee. Also, thank you for everything that you do at your committee to raise awareness on these issues, which you know helps them be um, uh, issued, uh, uh, recognized as well. Thank you. Uh, I'm just um, I'm just going to ask um, if Alan has any comments first, as he's also a member of uh, Canton Diversity, Equity, Inclusion. And then I, I saw your hand up. Um, I'm having a little trouble hearing you, Alan. Uh, now I see that you're muted, although before I think it wasn't showing that you're muted. Um, we can't hear you. Maybe you can put it in the chat, Alan. Yeah. So um, 
for the record, Alan was saying, Julie, tell uh, why group was informed, uh, uh, who the members are, and what we have done for the past. Okay, um, so um, the Canton Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Forum was uh, a committee was formed um, during was the the brainchild happened uh, at the summer of 2020 um, in response to Joy, George Floyd uh, murder, and um, it really uh, brought to the table a lot of emotions for everybody, and um, and it was it was became a new committee in the fall of 2020. Since then, we have run um, global diversity events at the library where we celebrate different authors who bring uh, different perspective and voices to the community, whether it's through children's books or other means. We have run a Black History Month event via Zoom during COVID. I mean, most of our work has been done during you know, um, virtual means. And we ran a Black History Month where we um, had a guest speaker from the YMCA in Boston. Um, and we've incorporated the talent of the wonderful students of Canton High School. Um, who've brought their spoken word um, and songs to different events. We've um, started the first Juneteenth celebration that the town has ever had, and we've done that two, twice now um, to you know great, um, great crowds and great interests. And, and really, I will say that we uh, ignited um, other towns to do the same, which is great. Imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. And now there are many choices that one can go to um, for Juneteenth celebration. Um, and let's see if I missed anything, Alan. I think that is mo most of the things that we've done. Lisa, do you remember something else we've done that I- June uh, 1st. Oh my gosh, this was a big deal. Um, we collaborated with the Canton Public Library and um, their trustees, and we had the pride flag um, raised at the library, which was the first time that a pride flag has been raised at a municipal building in the town of Canton, um, which was Alan's, Alan's passion project. So thanks, Lisa, I would have been in big trouble. Um, <laughs> and Holocaust um, Remembrance. Pardon me? As well as the Day. Yes. Yep. Um, as well as that is, and so you know, so we have we've run the gamut. We we also try to educate on our Facebook page. We try to celebrate different months, um, bring to an awareness that there are holidays all the time that we you know people in our community are celebrating, but we're not getting a day off of school for it because maybe it's a very small contingency of the community, but we like to be aware of that. We've collaborated with the Canton Citizen to do community and unity articles to highlight different individuals of all abilities, races, backgrounds, and bring them to the center of um, you know, a publication and a town that might not have centered uh, their experience. So, you know, yeah, we've done a lot. I think, boy, I'm tired. Um, <laughs> Alan, are you tired? Um, Cynthia Holcomb is the, uh, is the chair and she's really been at the helm of this. And so, um, you know, she's really rallied all of us and, to, you know, to, um, to that point, we're a robust committee. We're always looking for new members. Um, our meetings are open to anybody and we have, you know, we work between our meetings. So, and we, we realize that also our, um, our legacy will be about passing the torch. So even though those of us who started this, we won't be on it forever or even next year or the year after that. So we're really looking to get new blood, new experiences um, and, and new ideas in knowing that those of us who will leave 
we'll still be a part of this because we have grown to love it and love the community and the people that we've met. Um, but also knowing that we need to continually get new folks in. So it's, it's been a great, um, a great run. Wait, what did I miss, Alan? Um, can you hear me first of all? Yes. Yeah. Okay. First of all, I didn't think you were going to be here tonight. Me? So, yes. Okay. So I have this whole presentation all made up. So wonderful that you, uh, <laughs> that you're here. But um, let me add a few things. And you did a great job. Um, I'm just going to read what the mission statement is for um, the diversity group. So the Can Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee seeks to foster a welcoming and inclusive community that encourages cooperation and respect among all persons in Canton. CDEI will celebrate and embrace the traditions and values of the groups within our community and advocate for human and civil rights of all individuals in the town of Canton through education, promoting community awareness and understanding of cultural differences and working to eradicate barriers to equity and inclusion. And we do have a Facebook page which is uh, updated all the time with so many um, interesting facts. And I will say is, you know, as a member for the past two years, I've learned more in this two years than I have probably in 60 something years of my life, how that our, our perceptions are so wrong and we need to change them. And, as Julie mentioned that we had some really, really wonderful events. Our most recent one was our Global Diversity Awareness Group. And we brought in some top-notch speakers. And, you know, you just learn so much from this group. And it's a, you know, it's a, it's always a pleasure to go to listen to different voices that aren't on the table, unfortunately, in this town. And um, you mentioned the High Holiday event. Uh, Juneteenth celebration. Let's see. Um, the Pride event that we had. Um, the Quilt Project that we're working on. Uh, Black History Month. So I think it, it's a committee that is um, definitely needed in the town. And, you know, I'll, I'll just add, you know, when I went to the last event and you know, the featured speaker uh, who is a, um, a professor at graduate school, she happens to be African-American. And she said, you know, the first time that I ever met anybody of my race was, was, the, was when I was in graduate school. I never had a black teacher in all my elementary school, my high school, my undergraduate. And and that's something, you know, we, I look at as a white person, I wouldn't even think about, but it's like, you know, we just have to change so much how we think and how we act that it, it took this person 21 years to see somebody who was similar to her. And, you know, things like that, just like, you know, make my eyes like, oh, oh my God, you know? And so, you know, the key is, I think we're gonna put on quality programs. That's our goal. And I really would love more community involvement to watch these programs because they're such a, they're so educational for every one of us. So, well, I think what what I missed, Alan picked up on, and I didn't I didn't uh, speak 
um, about the high holidays um, events as much as I should have, which was our first um, recognition of the Jewish high holidays. And we had four rabbis and a priest. And it was amazing, and, uh, you know, stories about Holocaust survivors. And it was just an amazing experience um, for for so many. Um, so I think that, and I, I, I echo what Alan says, every single program, every single meeting, you just walk out like, I didn't know that. How did I not know that? Um, so it's, it's been a great learning experience. So again, uh, we do appreciate the invitation to this meeting and potentially future meetings that um, you can draw upon some of the experiences that our committee um, is focusing on. So Joe, I see in the, in the conversation, you have a gay pride with the uh, question mark. What we did this year was um, that we had um, an event at the library. Um, Representative Galvin was there and the select board read a proclamation and, oh. the, stu and the students from um, the middle school and the high school came and they performed. And proudly I can say, you know, when I was growing up, there was never the GSA gender I, I, and, uh, sexuality associated straight alliance, I think. Okay, and so they have um, Brandon in the uh, middle school and Kathy in the high school, and the students came and they performed in you know uh, mus musical presentations. And the middle schoolers they raised the flag, and I got to tell you the 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 joy that you could see from those young people raising the flag and how proud their parents were. And that was a really well-attended event and I thank everybody who came to it. But pe people came up to me later that week and said, I just wish we had this so much earlier, you know, it would have helped my family, you know, um, gain in confidence and see that we weren't alone in this. So that was the event that was a nice celebration. I thank the library immensely for that. Yes, Lisa. Um, I have um, and two asks um, that are uh, indirectly related. Um, the first is that this coming Sunday um, at four o'clock at the library, there will be a meeting of people who are interested in furthering the discussion that's sort of been a grassroots discussion among a number of people of how we can create um, perhaps an online information portal that will include information um, of interest to new families, new households to Canton um, across the board. Uh, you know, all, all sorts of information, whether it's recreational or services or businesses, um, so often people move to town and they feel like they're not in the know and there's no one central easy place to, to get access to good information. Um, and so to the extent that um, Julie and Alan, you can promote that to your members, we would love to have participants. Um, I, I will send an email out to our members. Great. Number two, um, I'm not. It, it won't come as a shock to anyone here that uh, about I think the last numbers that I've seen is 27% of our uh, Canton demographic are people of color. Now I know that the committee it represents diversity more broadly than just racial and ethnically, but 
Mm -hmm. It goes without saying that that kind of diversity represented in our population is not reflected in our leadership, either elected or appointed. And therefore, I would love for this committee to collaborate in some way in creating and helping to prepare sort of lists of people who would be willing to be considered um, to be appointed to, among other things, um, select board appointed committees and boards, as well as potentially to be willing to run for office. Um, but there is, I suspect, an enormous reservoir of talent and competency and skill set um, among the community that is not yet represented in leadership, either elected or appointed. And anything we can do to encourage people to be willing to consider those opportunities, I think would be a great benefit for the town. I agree. We'll do our best. Uh, did you have anything else, Lisa? No. Those are both great, great um, ideas. Lisa, if you don't, if you don't mind, sorry to interrupt. If you don't mind emailing me the details about the library event on Sunday, I'll get that out later. And actually, I think the um, idea of having a one place um, uh, direct uh, directory or source where people can go to to find out what is. Uh, what type of activities are in the town, what type of services are in the town, would even be beneficial to people who already live in the town. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes too, you, you know, you don't know you're looking for something until you're looking for it, or maybe you're not aware that something is going on in another part of town and, 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 or there's a service available or things. So, I mean, I think it would, it would just to be able to have a, a site or something that reduces the cost of information where someone can just know to go there and they can find whatever they're looking for. I mean, obviously our website does that. The town website does that in a more diffused way, but having a more centralized place where they can use for that, I think would be beneficial to both newcomers and existing residents as, as well. That is the uh, best. Stop shopping. Mm -hmm. uh, Joe, did you have, uh, sorry, hand up. Yeah, thank you uh, so much, uh, Julie and Alan with was that wonderful presentation. Um, I just had a few things. It sounds like that um, Canton doesn't, some towns have gone with what they call a diversity, equity, and inclusion officer. It's a full-time pay, pay position, and it really jumps, uh, jump starts things. Because I know, I think it might be an all-volunteer uh, committee right now. Um, you know, I, 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 uh, it'll be. I'm not sure what the Facebook page is called. I'm not sure how to contact you, Julie. Uh, I'm not sure when this meet this group meets. Uh, how often? There's a there's a lot of unanswered questions, uh, and I've noticed that um, uh, there are more uh, pride flags in Canton than ever, and uh, I, I think this is such an important. Um, thing and in response to what um lisa lopez says i think that's a great comment about getting more people involved in, in the town and make them aware of openings on certain boards uh with maybe even also with respect to different levels of income you know what i'm saying uh and as well as possibly disabilities people that might have symptoms of like ashburgers of sorts 
you know, providing more different types of opportunities, you know? Absolutely. Um, Julie, do you want to answer when, when we meet? Sure. So um, our we meet at the second Monday every month. Um, now, starting in December, we'll be back in the Sala room at Town Hall, um, 7 p.m. And our Facebook page, as I was just trying to draw it up, um, is uh, Canton Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Um, so if you search that on Facebook, you'll find that. And um, what else are the other questions? When, when we meet. Oh, about the pride flags. Oh, just observing that there are more pride flags. That's great. I feel like that was one of our first initiatives. Um, we um, collaborated with a group with the rainbow peace flag. Um, that was our first collaboration before raising the progress flag, which is um, a little bit more intricate and represents more people that we that's what we did the library this year but the year before we kind of launched with a, a rainbow flag that with the black words that said peace um with the intention of who can argue with peace um i'm sure there are people out there but we tried to ignore them and <laughs> so we you know we gave them out at the farmer's market for free and um encouraged folks to just you know spread some peace and um and knowing that you know with the the, pride, the rainbow flag represents pride and it, the farmer's market that it was their first, um, you know, their inaugural farm uh, farmer's market. So that was really great. I mean, we had a line of people waiting for rainbow flags. So that was really exciting. And then we were able to move on to the progress flag, um, which is great too. And, and uh, more, uh, more meaningful for more folks. So that, that was as good as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's good to notice that. I feel like um, that's been a welcoming sign. So, but besides being, um, you know, the pride flag and LGBTQ community, it it more than that represents an inclusive community. And I feel like it represents, and this is what has been echoed through from everyone, through the youth in the town to, um, you know, different government officials who've you know said congratulations to us for doing this. It, that it represents that this is a safe space. That this is a safe space for all community members of all abilities, races, genders, all that. Um, and it's nice to see that um, sporadically throughout our town. And it was very meaningful for so many to see that at the library. So we look forward to collaborating with them continuously, and and hope that if you are a part of that in any way or any, anybody else in the community that they will be supportive of that continually. And I'll, I'll also add that the library, um, you know, has books for everybody to see and to take out. So they don't, you know, some communities are banning books, not the Kent library, it's open for all. And when it came to um, Pride Month, they had specifically a table made up for um, books that could be taken out, which was quite nice. I'm just going to mention the people who are on the um, on the diversity committee this year. So you know, there's been some changes that take place, but uh, presently we have Cynthia Holcomb, Julie Beckham, Amy Peterson, Melanie Martin, Jennifer Kaplan, Christine Vargas Colmey, Naomi Aiken, Sasha Martone, Joan Schottenfeld, Sherry Herzog. Alina Rafferty, appointed member of the police department, and Nicola Gallagher, appointed member of the school department. Yeah. And, oh. and I'll just say what 
Our next event that we're trying to work on is uh, recognizing the Native Americans who, you know, have been in Canton far longer than any of us have been here. So we're trying to come up with some type of program to recognize uh, Native Americans. That's something that I'm working on. That would be great, Alan. Yes, sir. May I make a suggestion uh, with the um, DEI um, committee? Uh, you could possibly have like a uh, a student liaison, someone from like Kitten High School that. That's we were um, working on that as well. So we oh. would have to um, that. But thank you because you saying that echoes, uh, you know, another you know that it's a great idea, um, and you know, so many of the teens are so politically active, and they have all the new ideas and the spirit and the oomph and the desire to be like hyper-local and make a difference. So we're thinking of that would involve, to make it official, that would involve like a change in um, kind of the documents of our committee because we would actually, you know, swear in um, another member, but they would have to be from the, you know, one of the local high schools. So, um, so yes, we're working on that as well. So thank you. Also to, um... To Lisa's point regarding um, more diversity and appointed and elected positions, there are definitely a number of appointed uh, pos positions on committees that are vacant. And um, there's already seats waiting for uh, folks that want to, to be involved. So. Um, including on our own. Including on our own. Yeah. <laughs> so, all are welcome here. Uh, yes, and I, you know, I feel the pain. I know it. Um, you know, we're a small but mighty group of individuals who are seeking more individuals all the time, knowing that they're out there, and knowing that you know um, our resources collectively you know, wane from time to time because it's very similar people doing similar things. So I think the more that we can network and encourage others and invite them, um, whoever they are, if they're in our circles, outside our circles. And, you know, there's, a, I, we had a meeting once where I called it bring a friend day, you know, <laughs> because the kids are in, were in soccer or dance or whatever. It was always bring a friend day. Well, how about to a committee? It's bring a friend day. Just because once you get them in the room, they're, you know, oh, I want to do that. And oh, sure, I'll volunteer to do that. But they, it's the getting, it's like getting to the gym, right? Nobody wants to get there. But once they're there, they're fine. They're working out. So if we can get them to these committees, bring a friend. So maybe we do that as a town. Maybe it should be a campaign, bring a friend to an appointed committee. <laughs> but, um, but I hear you. And I think that, you know, if we all collectively just become town criers of, of we need more people and we need more people like you, like not like me, you know, like not just different people. We're not looking for carbon copies. We're looking for different people. Great. Uh, does anyone else have any questions regarding uh, diversity, equity, inclusion? Uh, Joe? I just had another thought, too. A lot of times, um, some of these events, uh, you know, the police and the fire get involved, like, like as a form of civic engagement. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I, I would imagine Canton has... Uh, openly uh, gay uh, police officers and, and, and firefighters and, and, and maybe it, there's a way to, um, with some of these events to include participation from those groups. It would really, uh, I think, do a lot to the community. Uh, I mean, am I wrong on this or is that something that? No, I think, you know, I, I, um, 
you're not wrong at all. Um, you know, I think that now that there's been an appointed uh, LGBTQ community liaison uh, at the police department, I think maybe the, there'll be more presence um, for that officer in events like this. I think, you know, that's going to be part of of her job, I I assume. I haven't spoken to Helena directly about that. Um, I'm not sure about the fire department, but I do think there is opportunity to reach out to even, you know, like any organization affiliated with the town or existing in the town to encourage participation. Um, it becomes, I guess, I guess the tricky part when you're talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion is you don't want to like target one you know group of individuals you're just trying to make it inclusive so that one can, one from any group uh, um uh any any part of the community um or background or race or gender or anything feels welcome um so does that kind of answer your question yeah no i understand i'm just throwing some ideas out there and some of them bite and some of them don't yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a, a good point. And I think that, like you yeah. said, some towns have an actual diversity, equity, inclusion officer. Now our police department has this community liaison for the LGBTQ community. So I think there are like little steps in, in different directions. And the more we can embrace those um, and really like promote the fact that they, they exist, these positions and these roles uh, exist, kind of solidify the fact that this is important. We're making, as a town, we're making an investment in including more people in these leadership roles and and getting out into the community well put julie thank you i also think the more activities we have to recognize the differences in the town and encourage you know people to, to come to whether we have it at the library or at um town hall at, it, i think people will be feel more welcome in the town to see that hey listen there is open seats. I'm going to take a chance and I'm going to put my name in because look how nice of an event they had for me. And I, you know, so I think as more people become more and more comfortable and, and we recognize them, I think they'll take the next step up. Mm -hmm. Great. Uh, did anyone else have any questions for um, Julie or Alan? Well, thank you, Julie, uh, for joining us tonight. And um, it's such a great uh, body of work that the Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Committee um, does. Um, uh, Joe, uh, Joe was asking if you could put contact info in the chat. Oh, definitely. I'll so put that would actually uh, definitely help. Thanks, Joe. Yes, I'll put that in the chat. And thank you for inviting me. After I do that, I'll sign off. And I'm sorry I surprised you, Alan, but it's always good to see you. And uh, I, I hope you have the, a good rest of your meeting. Is there a, an email that your committee has so I can make sure I have? No. Um, usually it's through the town clerk, uh, town uh, planner. Sorry. Okay. I just want to make sure that. Um, Cynthia, who is the chair, gets all of our emails. So I want to make sure. Oh, I do. I have it. Okay. Okay. I will put that in there. Thank you, Julie. And, and anytime diversity, equity, and inclusion has anything they'd like to speak um, to us regarding, feel free to always contact us. And there's always a, a chair here. Awesome. Thank you so much.
righty. It's always <laughs> stressful when you're typing and someone's waiting for you, right? <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Have a great thank night, you. everyone. You too. Have a good night. Thank you. Okay. So, um, our next item on the agenda um, is the selection process uh, for the new town planner. And um, Tom uh, Birmingham has uh, been nice enough to help with the uh, process of searching uh, for a new town planner. And he, he joins us tonight to um, uh, go over with us some of the work he's been doing uh, in an effort to uh, enhance our search for a town planner. So with that, I'll uh, turn the meeting over to Tom. Did you want me to show the slides or the survey first? Um, hi, Emilio. Thank you. Tom here. Uh, why don't we try the slides first? I just have to, I'm just going to stop sharing for a second. Sure. While Emilio pulls that up, I'll give uh, kind of a quick little background. I, I, just a quick update. I think I mentioned to this group uh, last time we met that I just threw my hat in the ring to try to help um, enhance the recruitment strategy for the new town planner, selfishly, a number of things, initiatives that I'm working on. Uh, certainly would benefit by and maybe even required to include a town planner in some of these efforts. So I figured, let's see what we can do to help out. Um, as a result of that, I've reached out to Charlie Duty and um, what I'm gonna show you, I might've showed you something like this last time we met, but uh, have refined it with comments from folks and um, just give you a quick, overview of what we're trying to do to um, see if we can find a good town planner for Canton. Um, and certainly want to recognize all the good work that Gene's doing on an interim basis. So thanks, Gene, for all of your help with that. Um, so if, uh, Amelia, if you're driving, do you want to just go to the next slide real quick? So just Kind of purpose, uh, you know, I, I won't read through the slides. Let me just kind of give you my two cents. I think the current job description, uh, which is posted on one of the um, American Planners Association Massachusetts website is dated uh, back in uh, April. So I think it needs to be refreshed. And um I was looking for some samples of how we might be able to sort of help the potential candidates understand what a great opportunity this is to work with uh, the town of Canton and um, the contents that you're seeing on the slide are some of the ideas that we're going to go through very quickly. So next slide, please. Um, this is a pretty high level summary of some of the things that the next town planner could be doing for Canton. Um, the, as I mentioned, the current job description is fairly traditional, doesn't get into sort of the color of what Canton has to offer the candidate. Um, and so we came up with this uh, summary list of strong management, financially stable, good programs in good community. And there's some specifics around that, that we thought these ideas might appeal to a potential candidate if we added a little more color to the job description. 
Um, and Emilio, I'll assume you can make this uh, slide deck available to folks mm -hmm. in, upon request. So oh, yeah. I, I just didn't want to spend too much time reading through it. Um, so that's just a quick summary of the kinds of things we thought might interest a town planner candidate. Next slide, please. Um, we went through the uh, master plan as for those of you that are familiar with uh, the structure, you know that um, on every single uh, action item in the plan has um, identified key groups uh, or positions, departments that would be um, primarily involved in these various elements of the master plan. And so uh, we just kind of went through the master plan and pulled out from all the big sections, live work, uh, sorry, live work, play, connect, et cetera, uh, and highlighted the section. And then the initiative that um, is related to town planner and just try to come up with a very quick snapshot for potential candidates to see exactly what the master plan has uh, in store for um, this this candidate. So that was the idea with this slide. Um, so there's some great stuff, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand with the previous slide. Um, just trying to, again, pull out what might be fun and interesting for someone to work here in Canton. Uh, next slide, please. Um, there ha has, uh, in the initial round um, of seeking the candidate, I talked to Jody and Charlie, and uh, we identified a, a few extra sources. I mean, some of these are already being used as um, channels to advertise the position, but uh, I came up with a few other lists. Some of BU graduate and uh, have some context there. And BU has a new city planning, or not new, but a very well-established city planning or urban affairs program. So maybe trying to uh, get in front of those folks. Uh, next slide, please. And then um, I was thinking initially that it might be useful. Town planners uh, love data, at least a lot of them, some of the ones I know. Uh, so we, I was thinking that uh, it might be helpful to provide maybe a um, uh, listing of some of the key data that would help illustrate what's going on with Canton. But uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, Kevin Shea is our recent part-time housing. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what his title is, but he's helping out with the housing. And um, he's a former town planner, town administrator, uh, town director, I think, of planning. So he's got a lot of insight. He and I chatted today. He didn't think we had to go too far down the data path um, if folks were interested in working at Canton. Um, he thought there was a, they would know how to do some more research on their own. So I think based on my conversation with Kevin today, that that's probably this slide may just go by the wayside and uh, at least for now. Um, so that's the basic outline of how we're trying to promote the position and frame that. Um, Emilio had uh, shown us a particular survey that we developed to help um, also touch base with folks here in Canton that would be involved either, you know, for example, the um, search committee, uh, the existing town planner uh, interim and other, the uh, planning board, this 
uh, committee and just do a quick survey to try to um, elicit things that are important to the folks that we that would be working with a town planner. Make it very easy. I think there's only three questions, and then give us some sort of um, you know talking points um, in the event that uh, we got to the early inquisition you know phase of okay, so I saw your advertisement and I have some questions. Um, maybe an interview related talking points. Uh, so uh, the ball is in um, Jody's court right now. She's got to, um, I think, put this together, the plan, and get that out there. So uh, last time I talked to Charlie was earlier in the week, and that's the my expectation is that they are working together, Charlie and Jody, to help figure out how to reinvigorate the search uh, using these various tools. Um, the good news that uh, Kevin and I did today, we were searching uh, for, it turns out there's a number of town planner positions available in Massachusetts and Rhode Island, or at least related to town planning. Um, the good news is the salary range that has now been posted or available for this position, I think it's up to $95,000 and change. If I'm not mistaken, that's been increased recently. The good news is that's very competitive with some of the other positions that we were seeing online. So I think from a salary perspective, Canton's competitive. From a activity perspective, Canton's competitive. Um, we just got to try to get the word out to potential candidates and uh, there's a few events that are coming up. I, I don't quite know what the budget is for attending um, different networking events and posting this on different sites. But hopefully we've got a, you know some good talking points developed and can uh, raise more interest for the position. That's all I have. Thanks, Tom. I think that's, that's a great um, approach. Um, because it, it also, you know, a lot of times when you look at job descriptions, it talks about very technical things or, and there you're kind of making it a more dynamic, um, exciting position, which, I mean, you know, definitely town planner can be because there's lots of challenges. And I know from, you know, having worked on various things with our former town planner, that, you know, there's a lot of interesting things that people can do. It's not just about kind of technical things, but, you know, finding challenges and meeting them. And so I think marketing it in a sense that way and trying to show people that may be interested that this could be something that would actually be a fun and rewarding endeavor, um, you know, is a great idea. Yes, Jeff, um, tell our story. You know, I think Ken's got a lot to offer with just figuring out a way to tell it a little more creatively, I think. I agree. Uh, did anyone have any um, thoughts or questions, suggestions for Tom? Jeff? Yeah, thanks a lot for that, Tom. I like that um, the, rec the recruitment survey, how under each um, category you had a spot for other where someone could write it in. Uh, that's really, really helpful. And it sounds like the, the salary that uh, the town had initially posted for the planner moved up from 80 to 95. And I'm very encouraged to hear that because uh, it sounds like we're going to be uh, heading in the right direction. Thank you. Sure. 
this is great work. Really appreciate everything that you're helping to do to market Canton as a great community to work for. Agreed. Sounds good. Well, we'll keep you posted on uh, how things go in the future, but appreciate the time. And, um, appreciate all you guys do too. It's a lot of work for uh, all these different initiatives. So important work you're doing for sure. Thank you. You as well, Tom. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to jump off unless anybody had any other follow-up. Were, were there any other uh, questions, comments for Tom? All right. Thanks, Tom, again, and, and have a great night. Okay, good night, everybody. Good night. Okay, so um, the next item on the agenda is the um, former um, St. Gerard's property um, reuse committee, um, and they've started to meet. Um, I think they had their second meeting, I think earlier tonight, and um, I'll actually be meeting with them on uh, December 7 to discuss master plan and um, how we can help um, with uh, regard to their search for reuses. Um, I'm just going to, uh, Jean, uh, our interim town planner, Jean Manning, is a member of that committee. So um, I'll uh, turn it over to Gene um, for any updates he has. Yeah, just um, a, a couple quick things. And, and just to follow up on that comment, I just wanted to let the committee know that rest assured the town's in, in very good hands, um, you know, with projects we have underway from the town planning department with our green communities and community connection and grants and stuff. So while that process goes forward, uh, rest assured we're, we're taking very good care of things. That being said, uh, the St. Gerard's uh, team met last night and um, our next meeting is the 7th, Emilio, and we look forward to seeing you there. Look forward to being there. Um, so did anyone have any um, thoughts or questions? Joe? Hi, <laughs> thanks a lot. Gene, thanks a lot. I, I meant to ask Tom Birmingham, what he does with the town. I'm sort of new on the, the, the master plan committee. Uh, what is his position with the town? I don't know. I, uh, I actually spoke to him today for a while about, about the town planner job, but I believe he's head of the uh, energy aggregation committee. Is advise, energy advisory. Alisa? Yeah. He, he, Tom is the chair of the um, energy advisory committee working on um, uh, community aggregation. He's also a member of the Conservation Commission. He has also been a member of the Paul Revere um, Heritage uh, Commission. And he was also a founding member of uh, the Canton Farmers Market and is intimately involved in leading the Farmers Market. Thank you, Lisa. Um, I, I guess if, if, if it's okay, I would just like to say two things about the St. Gerard's uh, Committee. Um, <laughs> I, I want to disabuse any lingering rumors that I continue to hear about, suggesting that the select board has a pre-set um, notion of how this property will be used. That is not the case. Um, and number two, the role of the committee uh, is to engage the public. Not, you know, it's not a committee to whom um, uh, use of the property has been delegated, the decision about use, but it's a, it's a committee that 
um, has a mission to go out and engage the public. So when it formally begins, you know, the meetings, the surveys, the website, the tours, whatever it is that it decides are the most appropriate means to collect data, um, we hope that, you know, the public at large is going to fully participate. Alan? Has, has anybody approached um, the town about potentially purchasing the site from the town? Has that, like, has a developer come forward and said, hey, I'd like to buy this from the town of Canton or something like that? Um, no, certainly not that I'm aware of. Um, and the reason that, uh, that would not likely be seriously considered is that the archdiocese when negotiating the agreement insisted on a provision that said essentially, if the town were to flip it within a certain period of time, uh, a percentage of the proceeds would go back to the archdiocese. And with the continuation of time, that percentage decreases but it was a significant contractual disincentive to flip the property. Um, Canton leadership was willing to sign that provision because we had no intention to flip the property. Yeah, I, I never heard that about um, that there would be a penalty basically. Okay, thank you. Um, any other thoughts on St. Charles? For the you know, as Lisa said, you know, this is this committee's job is to gather information, gather ideas from residents. Um, it's chaired by the town administrator, uh, Charlie Duty, I'm vice chair, and uh, we, we will hold a series of hearings to gather information and then report back to the select board at a later date. That's it, Emilio. Thank you. Thanks, Jane. Uh, so the next item on our agenda is the downtown zoning update. So um, as you're, you're probably aware, the, the focus area uh, in the master plan on the downtown um, largely addresses a number of different uh, zoning and parking and different uh, improvements to the downtown uh, that could be made. And um, so there's been essentially a project advanced by planning board and uh, Gene is uh, the interim town planner and uh, to work through some of the potential changes um, for consideration at a future town meeting uh, for zoning, um, which include standardizing how to develop, uh, how development occurs in the uh, downtown in terms of uh, streamlining and simplifying overlapping rules and permit restrictions and overlays and revising tables of use and updating uh, dimensional requirements and uh, how uh, elements of buildings uh, appear. And, uh, and uh, so there's a study area that's kind of, I think between Lewis Street and Walnut Street somewhere in that area along Washington Street. And uh, so um, the MAPC um, has been involved as well. And, I was actually interviewed as a participant uh, an interview, uh, back in October, and I appeared with uh, Gene and um, planning board chair, Patty McDermott, in, uh, before the select board on November 1st to update the select board about it. 
Um, and uh, there's uh, going to be a public forum. I think it's November 29 at the yeah. Canton Library Community Room at 6.30 p.m. So the public is invited to that. And just with that introduction, I'll um, turn it over to Jean. And um, is there anything uh, that you'd like to update us about on that, Jean? Yeah, thanks, Amelia. I think you covered pretty much everything. But um, I actually met with the chair of the planning board and the vice chair this morning. Um, and we talked about that in the formatting. So this will be at 6.30 on November 29th at the Library Public Room. And uh, so, so this is run by MAPC, uh, Metropolitan Area Planning Council, who's our partner, worked with us on many projects. I believe they also uh, worked very closely on the Master Plan Initiative. So they've been out, they've looked at the Washington Street area, as you described, Emilio. Um, we're going to be discussing, again, a number of different uh, topics during that meeting that will involve uh, everything from a redesign to a zoning. What does the downtown look like? What are the expectations? Um, one of the challenges has been that I think the committee is aware of is I think in good intent over the years, there's been a series of zoning changes uh, that have been put in down there that have caused some um, challenges for us to get the right business at the right location. So uh, I think that's one of the things we're gonna be looking at, looking at uh, improving uh, bike access, perhaps a bike lane, improved walking, looking at parking, et cetera, and so on. There are a number of areas that will invite participants to give their thoughts and feedback on, and uh, then we will uh, go back and kind of pull the information together revisit it with this committee and uh, the planning board and of course the select board. So it's a really exciting project. Um, the Washington Street uh, area was redesigned about 20 years ago. Again, so much has changed since then, right? So we really feel it's time for an update in that area. And we look forward to uh, this committee and residents participating on um, the 29th. Alan? Jean, I think it's so important to try to get the owners of the buildings to attend that night. It's like, it, you know, the tenants always show up, but it's really the owners who really hold the whole key for the future. I agree. I agree. So, What's the best way, you know, owning a business down there, what do you think is the best way to communicate that by sending them a letter, an invite, or how can we get that message out? Could you, would you be able to help us with that? Yeah, I think, you, honestly, you just have to get, we have to find out who the owners are and send them a letter and saying, you know, this is this is your night to hear, you know, what's the future of your building going to be and, you know, how important it is for them to attend. Right. And because there are so many vacancies in the center and, you know, it's such a mismatch of, you know, there's so much potential that is just goes by the wayside year after year. And mm -hmm. maybe this economic downturn that's caused for the first time ever, I've seen some, you know, as the number of vacancies, maybe this will finally say, hey, listen, I got to fix up some of the, the exterior. I got to put, you know, I think it's a good opportunity, but I think they need to be informed so they, so we all can collaborate together. Great idea. I agree with you, Alan, and thanks for bringing that up. Let me work with the uh, Patty and the planning board to see what we could do to get that out to people. 
Does the, the assessor's office have the names and addresses? Of yes. All yes. Yep. We do. So we'll uh, we'll work with them and and um, through the uh, planning board and, and try to reach out to them. Joe, did you have your hand up? Yeah, Gene. I just wanted to mention. Um, you know, uh, last year, uh, the previous town planner was uh, had done a lot of work on Route 138 and, and changes to that. And she uh, had mentioned that the following year she was going to look at making changes changes to accessory dwelling units in the town. In other words, seniors that might want to stay in their homes uh, might want to turn their um, garages into a form of rental property. I mean, we just heard from di diversity, equity, inclusion. I'm hoping that's something maybe you can think about working, um, maybe getting involved with uh, so that we can do something besides just the the residents, besides just, does that make sense? Um, I, I'm not quite sure when you say they want to stay in their homes. Do you mean they want to expand their homes or they want to they're in, in a in residential other, and... In other words, um, many cities to uh, keep uh, affordable housing, they have allowed uh, lax um, accessory dwelling unit rules. In other words, Canton's rules are very re restrictive. It's almost a, in other words, why not allow uh, if if older folks want to stay in their home may, or, or have extra income, many people uh, can use their garage as a form of a to rent it out. Does that make sense? Um. I think I think so. You know, so that would come from the planning board, uh, a change to the zoning, um, and and uh, I I don't recall that being a zoning article. I know there was some 138 zoning articles last year that right. involved a residential mixed use on 138 that was of concern to some of the businesses, so they were postponed. But is that what you're referring to? Right. Yeah, that that is right, Gene. It wasn't. Um, uh, uh, it didn't come forth, but uh, Laura had mentioned that she'd work on it the following year. And uh, although it, it should come from the planning board, ideally, if it came from the planner, then the planning board would take it seriously. Does that make sense? Or at least that's yeah, what's been happening I, 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 in I the think past. So. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'd have to take a look at them again. I, you know, I, I wasn't involved with them, but um, you know, we, we look at the planning, the planning board as kind of a, a partner of the town planner. Um, that's the way I've worked with them pretty closely and right. all the committees, but, um, they would be the sponsor for the Warren article through the select board. But, uh, let me take a look at what was there and see if there's anything on that. And I can update, uh, Emilio and, and your committee on that, Joe. Gene, thank you so much. Yeah, of course. No problem. Uh, any other questions on um, the downtown zoning? Okay, uh, so that's something we'll uh, continue to, to monitor in future meetings and um, see how that's progressing. Um, another thing I wanted to mention tonight was an update on the Canton Community Preservation Committee. Um, they, um, just for folks at home that may not be aware of what it is, the Community Preservation Act um, is, uh, essentially allows a property tax surcharge and matching state funds to support eligible projects um, in open space, uh, outdoor recreation, housing, and historical preservation. 
and um, those uh, eligible projects are vetted by um, a committee called the Canton Community Preservation Committee. Um, so um, as, as you may know on the committee, there's um, been some discussion between um, the CCPC and the select board about um, whether to have um, applications this year. Uh, and um, they, I think, just got uh, some new administration at CCPC and they wanted to take some time to organizationally um, restructure. And the uh, select board one was more in, into having meeting uh, uh, applications this year. Uh, so I understand that a um, compromise has been reached in which uh, preliminary applications would be accepted this year, which um, preliminary applications uh, determine eligibility for CPA funding. And then there's a final application where they actually, a party actually applies um, to be recommended for funding. Um, so the master plan aspect of this is that all of those four topics that I just mentioned, um, open space, recreation, housing, and historical preservation are all items that the master plan promotes, and certainly the CCPC um, does uh, advance the implementation of the master plan indirectly by uh, supporting some of the, the projects in those fields. And if you recall, last year on our committee, we did um, write letters of support for some committee, uh, some applications that were being reviewed by the CPC. Um, so I um, just wanted to report that, and I, um, that probably so that they will likely uh, and, uh, and I think uh, Lisa is still a member of CCPC. So um, I'll turn it over to her for with that introduction, just uh, for any thoughts she may have. Sure. I mean, I am a member of the Community Preservation Committee. I'm of course also a member of the Select Board, and and the good news is that um, the last year. The Community Preservation Committee uh, engaged uh, an outside consultant to um, collect, with the committee's help, an enormous, um, enormous amount of uh, community feedback about how the community would like to see its community preservation funds spent. Uh, for example, I mean, we did meetings, we did focus groups, we did interviews, and we did a survey in which over a thousand people participated. Um, the bad news is that uh, we were without a program administrator for about seven months um, and without a program administrator, which is paid administrative staff, um, the nine member volunteer committee was just not in a position to step up and assume those responsibilities. And, and therefore, uh, the committee took the view that given the timing of the absence of that position, we would forgo um, uh, soliciting project applications for the coming fiscal year town meeting, that is May of 2023. Um, but at our last meeting, we decided to, beginning December 12th, um, accept what are called pre-applications. It's part of the community engagement process that we ordinarily would have done in the summer had we had an administrator. Now we do have one. She started her first meeting was November 7th. Um, and so we are beginning to look at what the community has in mind for projects to be funded in May of 2024 town meeting. And in parallel, 
we will analyze, collate um, all of the community uh, data that we received over the past year and synthesize that and put it into a community preservation plan that will guide our decision-making because we always receive um, more requests for, for money, essentially grant applications, than there is money available. Um, that said, um, another bit of good news is that just last week, the governor signed a bill that was enacted by the state legislature adding uh, another $20 million to the state's community preservation trust fund. So these are funds available to add to the CPA community's own local receipts. And in the case of um, Canton, um, we are going to get, um, I think it's about $216,000 um, this coming year from the state. And that gives us a match of about 30 cents on the dollar of what we collect locally. So it was very, very good news. And even though uh, the committee will not be proposing any projects to be funded by May 2023 town meeting, nevertheless, the town continues to collect um, the funds. The state will continue to make its uh, contribution. And all of those funds will be gathered this year as well as next year so that in the May 2024 town meeting, there will essentially be uh, a pot to be divided, which is twice as large as the pot would otherwise have been if we made the recommendations annually. Thanks for the update, Lisa. And the uh, so if the pre-applications that are submitted this year, do they roll over automatically to the next year's consideration? Yes, it'll, there'll be, there's no end date that's been established so far and there's no ranking. Um, so if there are parties with ideas and they want to get an early vetting as to whether or not they would be statutorily eligible, that is eligible for funding under the CPA statute, then a good way to do it um, before investing an enormous amount of time in, in preparing a project application. Um, and our rules do require that there is a pre-app first, a pre-application that's relatively short form and easy to do. There have been project requests in the past where part of the project has been eligible for funding, part of it has not been, and it's great for parties to get an early read on that. Um, so they're invited to do so anytime beginning after December 12th. And I, I know having previously been on the Community Preservation Committee, it's a, it's a great uh, job that is done there to help build the community. And um, there's a lot of great, uh, you know, if you look at the projects that have been done through CCPC in the past, some great um, assets have been uh, uh, great accomplishments have been done through the committee. So it's it's great that, you know, that process is still continuing, even if it's slightly deferred. And um, we'll have a bigger pot of money, as you, as you said, to, to potentially give out the next year with more robust community preservation work. So that's excellent to hear. Um, did anybody else have any questions uh, regarding CCPC? Okay, so... Um, so that, uh, so we move on to um, MBTA communities working group. Uh, last month, we had 
a little bit of a longer discussion on transit-oriented development and the MBTA communities law. And I was mentioning that a working group had been formed uh, to um, look into the details on that leading up to, I think, a January 31st, 2023 deadline um, to submit a plan to the state regarding how we would comply with the um, multifamily density requirements, dist uh, district requirements for that rule with regard to the uh, MBTA commuter rail stations and a radius around them. Uh, so, Jean, I believe you're on that working group. Um, so uh, I'll turn the meeting over to Jean Manning. Thanks. Um, yeah, so I spoke to uh, Charlie, our town administrator, about this today. Um, Joe Shea and I, the new uh, housing coordinator, will be meeting um, November 30th to go over the existing inventory and then update Charlie and bring in the rest of the committee. So our hope is to have something by mid-December. Uh, one of the questions was the metrics for affordable housing changed um, for not only Canton, but all the communities that are in the program due to feedback um, from various towns. There's about 120 municipalities in Massachusetts that are impacted by this. Uh, so the original formula for calculating affordable, uh, the number for affordable housing has changed. The other interesting comment. Oh, I'm having a little trouble hearing you, Gene. Oh, uh, I was just saying that the formula for calculating um, affordable housing has changed for not only Canton, but all the municipalities uh, in Massachusetts. The other interesting change that was made based on feedback is the initial qualifier for um, the housing number was within a half mile of uh, these stations. And municipalities have the option to increase that number uh, as part of our plan. So Canton's plan and all municipal plans are due January 31st, 2023. So um, from an, some initial discussions based on what Kevin comes up with, we will have a good number that we'll be able to present to Charlie on the select board um, and then may ask for additional consideration to increase that half mile range marker of the, uh, the two commuter rail stations. So there's a lot of flexibility. Um, and again, there's not any um, zoning plans that Canton needs to come up with. What this is is a plan for the future that the town needs to submit by January 31st. Uh, there isn't anything imminent or pending that we need to do. What the Commonwealth is asking for is a plan on where our numbers are and um, some of our thoughts on achieving it. So that's a summary of the plan. Um, uh, Lisa and then Joe. I just think that it's worth clarifying that this law is not about affordable housing. It's about um, establishing zoning mm -hmm. for multifamily um, um, housing by right. Mm -hmm. um, and um, Canton already has an inclusionary zoning requirement mm -hmm. that says for multifamily housing projects 
of a certain size or larger, mm -hmm. a certain percentage need to be affordable, but the law itself uh, is not about affordable housing per se, um, nor does it require that any housing at all be built. It just mandates that by December of 2024, mm -hmm. Canton as an MBTA community have in place zoning that allows multifamily housing, that is housing at a larger density than we already permit by right. Mm -hmm. uh, to have that in place. Mm -hmm. I, I, there's, I just don't want the public um, it, uh, to confuse the requirement for housing production with zoning changes or to confuse what is sometimes understood to be requirements for affordable housing that people associate with 40 gigs. Anything else, Lisa? Okay. Uh, Joe? Keen, uh, you mentioned about some uh, affordable housing metrics. Could you, uh, do you know what the old metrics were and what the new ones are for this? Um... Just, just as Lisa said, just to clarify, um, you know, this is more about a zoning change, you know, within, uh, with, within communities that have a commuter rail station. So the numbers that are, have changed, Joe, and I don't have that information handy, but that's part of what uh, our committee's working on to come up with a number. And um, the the numbers have changed three or four times. So uh, Kevin Shea is more of an expert on that than I am, but we'll work collaboratively and then uh, update um, the town administrator and the select board on that. We'll let, we'll let this committee know too. Yeah, in other words, um the uh, changes, are they from the town or from the state or the group of towns that's working on the MBTA? Right. So so the MBA, MBTA communities uh, project is basically uh, communities that have a series, either a transit system. So like a Milton, Brookline, Cambridge, right? Uh, or Canton, which is a commuter rail community that uh, requires zoning changes to be able to, you know, allow for different development within a certain distance of the station. So there are numbers that the state has set up uh, that, you know, we, we, we're looking at within our current stock, within the current zoning that, you know, we'll need to respond to at the state level. So what happened when it was first rolled out, there was a lot of feedback from the 100 plus communities. So the numbers have changed several times. So I, I don't have a number for you because the most recent update was just a week ago, but we'll we'll look at that from the town side and then you know provide some recommendations to the town on how to best proceed within the state guidelines of what we what we need to do moving forward. Right. And I, I think the 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 law, it's the intent of the law is essentially to foster transit oriented development where you know, mm -hmm. there's there's at least eventually the zoning in place to by right build more multi-family housing near um, transit or near in our case commuter rail stations to facilitate that move to better transit-oriented development. And um, but like Lisa was saying, it doesn't require us to build anything um, mm -hmm. or 
um, anything like that. It's just to get the zoning event, the plan into place now, and then zoning by right within the time frame allowed. Um, Lisa? I can shed a little bit of light on that. The law says that within a certain area around an NBTA station, yet to be defined by the municipality, there's got to be a zone that provides that there can be at least 15 households per acre by right with that kind of density and has already promulgated regulations as to each community. And for Canton, it says that um, within some area that we define, if that area were an absolute clean sheet of paper with nothing on it, it has to be zoned to permit at least 1,400 households. Now, we don't have a clean sheet of paper. You know, there are actually you know, things there, but the zoning has to provide, there's gotta be you know, one or more zones that all together provide for households of at least 1,400 and I think it's 40 units. Um, how we get there uh, will be somewhat dependent upon um, further instruction by the state and a compliance model that the state says is imminent. I was on a Zoom call yesterday and the state uh, official said that it was going to come soon Jean, that was the best that I could exact. It was going to be soon, very soon, she said. Um, but that further instruction is going to be very helpful in the town's ability to file very, very high level um, action plans when it's due on January 31st. That action plan, frankly, doesn't have to be specific and detailed as to what precisely we're going to do. It just has to indicate the means by which we're going to plan to do it. So we have some numbers mm -hmm. that we're already working with. I would think too, the Paul Revere Heritage Site being very strategically located between both community and with both commuter rail stations would offer a lot of the, a, a decent number in that count. Except that, keep in mind, I mean, it's, it's really hard to wrap your head around. The number of the 1440 that we need to have has zero to do with the number that are actually on the ground today. Right, no, I, I realize that. Zero. But just as a, as, a, as a point of where we currently stand with. Well, it, it would mean that if we zone that area, to have multifamily as of right, that new zone would be in alignment with the neighborhood that exists there today. And, you know, it's very much true, but we don't somehow get credit because um, compliance has nothing to do with the actual numbers of households that are on the ground today. Right. It's what's, what's potentially by right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alan, did you have yeah, so with the new administration coming in? Could this be totally, you know, changed? Was that's you know very unlikely, Alan? Because I mean, there 
is a constant drumbeat nationally and certainly among on the coasts about the housing crisis, um, which is dependent um, in many respects on producing more housing. And so it would be, I think, um, very, very, very surprising if the new administration were to take a contrary point of view as to the necessity for new housing. Uh, I suppose it's possible that it could decide that it wants to pursue a different means of, of generating new housing. But this is one that there seems to have been an enormous amount of bipartisan support for. Okay. Chair? Oh, yeah. Now, yeah, I know you're mentioning, Lisa, about a housing crisis, but I think it's actually an affordability crisis. And I know that density does not necessarily equal aff affordability. But now remind me how this uh, project will, will, will benefit the town and, and maybe also help with the affordability crisis. I think that's what a lot of the talk is about. Um, I guess I would take issue that it's an affordability crisis and not uh, a production crisis. I think they are both um, problematic. Um, but the way that it would help is if there is um, more density by right, that should result in um, homes, be they ownership or rentals that are smaller, whether they be studio, one bedroom or two, versus single family homes that are traditionally four bedrooms on the second floor on an acre of land. And if they are smaller with fewer bedrooms, they are more likely to be lesser priced than the alternative. You know, whether something is affordable is in the eye of the beholder, but uh, uh, more density tends to be smaller footprint, which tends to be um, less, less uh, market price than a single family home with multiple bedrooms. Um, in addition, as I mentioned before, Canton, as you know, as being a member of the planning board, has inclusionary zoning, which means that projects of a certain size must include a percentage of them, I think it's 10%, of uh, affordable housing, which is below market. Lisa, is the town hoping that 10% uh, of these units will be sort of on the smaller side, so the whole development can count towards the affordable affordability? Is uh, that the- I don't think the town has gotten there yet. The town is in the very preliminary stages as Gene mentioned, yep. um, sort of meeting in its working group to decide on an approach. So yeah. that is yet, yet to be decided. I'm uh, just so, curious, yeah. Joe, as, as Lisa mentioned, you know, um, when this thing was, when, when, when it was first rolled out, there was a lot of um, concern from municipalities, including Canton, right? So. As Lisa said yesterday from her call, it's a moving target. It's continuing to evolve and change based on facts, right, um, from, from a lot of towns, including including Canton. So there's still changes to be made, and, and we'll um, discuss where it's at at the time we submit our report and include all in the, in the details and, of course, the board and, and leadership. Uh any other um, 
thoughts regarding the MBTA community's thought? Okay, all right, thanks Jane for the update. Um, so with regard to acceptance of minutes, I think I see four members here. So that's one short. I see somebody on a phone um, uh, call that called in. If you're a member of our committee, um, if you could identify yourself. Okay, so I think we'll um, defer the, the minutes to, so we have uh, two sets of minutes that um, we'll need to approve at a, a, a future date. Um, and the, um, so upcoming meetings, we have December 15th of uh, 2022, and then a to be determined date in January, 2023. So um, I was thinking we could meet either the 12th or the 26th of January. Um, for October, November, December, we got into a scheduling conflict with school committee. So those are two dates checking the school committee website that school committee is not meeting. So um, hopefully Christiane and Maureen um, will be able to rejoin us. I, I prefer the 12th if possible. Um, does the 12th work for others? Um, I'm going to be on vacation, but if I can, I'll, I'll do my best to call in. Okay. Uh, Alan? I think that's fine. Okay. So then we'll um, tentatively schedule that for January 12th. Um, so uh, I think that, did anyone else have any other um Oh, Gene, does that work for you, January 12th? Yeah, that's fine, Amelia, no problem. Um, so um, so did anyone else have any other thoughts or um, business they'd like to raise? Okay, uh, do I have a motion to adjourn? Motion to adjourn. Is there a second? Second. <laughs> I don't know if, uh, if we don't have a forum. I don't know if we need to vote to adjourn. It'll be by consensus, I guess. <laughs> um, so uh, <laughs> we'll do the roll call here. Alan? Yes. Hey, Joe? Yes. Lisa? And I'm and I. Uh, have a happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, everybody.